Warning! This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions, and strong language. If you like records and you like bands, you're in the right place because here's the Records and Bands podcast. Sam's with us up in Leinster and he's going to introduce our very special guest this week. Over to you, Sam. Yes, special indeed. So our guest today is uh, one of my, well, one of my oldest friends, really. Someone who I can always rely on to be up for my nonsense. A key part of the Samuel Jones Christmas special. A excellent musician. And a very good friend, Mr. Jason Fletcher. I think the excellent musician is is stretching it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you. (laughs) That's that's quite all right. Thanks for joining us tonight, Jace. I was like, I think I've said to you before, Sam, like listening to you two's early podcast, the effect both of you had in my taste in music is pretty substantial, I would say. Like being around it at the Jones Mm. household growing up was a pretty big pretty big shape in my taste in music because i definitely just like jason donovan before i met before i met you guys <laughs> nothing wrong with jason donovan absolutely too many, wrong. Too, too many broken hearts in the world and actually he gets a lot of mentions on this yeah and, and to be honest um we've got you on mainly tonight jason to talk about one of my favorite bands i know one of your favorite bands but there is a jason donovan connection with the manic street preachers is it the kind of Minogue, especially for you, into um, Little Baby Nothing, right? Well, like sort of, is. but um, the, so obviously Little Baby Nothing is the um, duet they done with uh, Tracy Lords on Generation Terrorists. Yeah. But the Manics also wrote uh, Some Kind of Bliss off of her That's 97 right, yeah. album. And obviously Kylie and Jason. Yeah, yeah. And Angry Anderson, who done the song for their wedding, was a clue on Only Connect the other night which shows how rock and roll it is in my household. What I thought we would do tonight, because I'll be honest, my love of the Manics runs through about the year 2000, and then I kind of left it all behind. I, I, I say this a lot to people. I think when you compare them to their peers, I think their material over the last, since their peak, has been remarkably strong there's been a few dips and there's tracks that aren't great but in terms of albums i think they've stayed pretty consistent but like another thing that i will obviously accept is you got into them when they were cool when they were the four piece and anti-everything i'll be honest jace when i got into them they might have been cool but i wasn't cool for being into them <laughs> no, 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 like... no 20 years later nothing's changed at all <laughs> Yeah, so what I thought we'd do tonight, if that's all right with you, is we go through like the first sort of five albums, pick out some standout tracks, and then do like a NBA-style draft. And I know Sam was also saying you were really keen to talk about Lifeblood. Yes, yeah. Well, you've got a hot take on this record, haven't you, Jace, which I'll hand over to you to uh, hit us with. As an album, Lifeblood is comfortably their third best album. Yeah, so... Holy Bible, everything must go. As albums, and like Generation Terrorist, Gold Against the Soul, absolutely got better. And this, and this is my truth. In fairness, got better singles, but as a start to finish, Lifeblood is their third best album, in my opinion. I've listened to it a bit as well this week, actually, Jace. Um, which you're probably going to be surprised about because you're always telling me to listen to Manix albums, and I never <laughs> listen to Manix albums. Um, I often. Th- often think that for a band who I never listened to, 
I've seen them live in an incredible amount. Yeah. So like me and you went to sort of, we probably saw them four or five times yeah. together, yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah. But yeah, I went I went back and I thought I'll, I'll make an effort because I know you wanted to talk about it a little bit. I'll touch on it today, tonight. Um, what I can get over, and to be fair, I probably only had the first sort of six or seven tracks on. Um, I thought Empty Souls is, is a brilliant, brilliant song. Um, but I couldn't get over how much it sounds almost like you two with like the big keyboards and stuff. Maybe that's why they dismiss it a little bit because I, I mean... I think I've probably seen him play two or three tracks off it in twenty odd gigs. So mm. I think I think they've kind of dismissed it, but like Manic's fandom, if you like, uh, sort of think it's brilliant and yeah. you know like along yeah. the same lines as, as as my thinking really. But yeah, they whether they they kind of think listen to anything, we've disappeared up our own ass a little bit here, and maybe that's well, they, they fought that about Gold Against the Soul, didn't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. which was like the second album, but you know. So um, I'm just going to get I've got the track listing up here. Somewhere. What um, while Rob's dicking around there, what tracks do they play off it then, Jace? That you've seen them because I saw them on the tour. Yeah, and they were dreadful. Yeah. To be honest, it was one of the one of the certainly one of the worst times I've seen them as a band. But like all in all, it was a pretty pretty average gig, really. I think wasn't there sort of a little bit of turmoil around that because they sort of disappeared, did the solo albums, and then came back with. You love it, didn't they? Just after that. On the last tour, I saw them. They didn't play anything off it. I think I'd seen them play Solitude mm. sometimes. Is and and obviously all of the singles because me and Clint, another friend, of me and Sam went to the um the gig where they played all thirty eight singles at the O2. So I've seen Ooh. all of them. Was that on like a national tra- that national treasures? Yeah, it was like the release party for that. They played played all of the singles. You've probably seen them more than I have, and certainly more recently. Like the yeah. last time I saw them was probably Leeds in. 2000 and 2001 yeah so that's probably yeah, to be honest Rob I reckon I've seen them probably you probably have it's like it's really really funny because for a band that I absolutely loved and adored and they were just like my everything I just stopped listening to them just like that and I like I just listened to those first four albums and that's yeah, it yeah so um the tracks I really liked on Lifeblood, I really liked um I Live to Fall Asleep yeah, and the follow following one, the um To Repel Ghosts yeah. I thought was really Amazing. good. Cardiff Afterlife's great. Oh, uh, that is a good track actually, yeah. What surprised me the most listening to it today, and it's probably the first time I listened to it since the year it came when did it come out? Two thousand and four? Yeah, I think it was I think I was in New Ze- that's when I was in New Zealand, I think. I can yeah. remember it being on in a record shop in Auckland when I was was there but uh, that's probably the first time I've listened to it since it first came out was today and I can get over how consistently good it was from start yeah. to finish I guess when it came out what may have sort of put you off almost is The Love of Richard Nixon might be the worst song on the album right yeah it's not a great track that is it yeah that was the, that was the lead single off it and yeah I, I don't think that's a particularly strong song personally but the, the rest of the album is Absolutely brilliant. If you if you were to give me a few more listens, yeah. would you like to come on in the new year and have a proper go through it track by track? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that. I've tried I've tried to catch it best I can and some of the records I've listened to more, but this one is one that really jumped out, out of all the stuff since I left it behind. But I don't feel I've listened to a lot of the new stuff to really have an opinion. And when I say new stuff, a lot of it's nineteen <laughs> years old. This is brilliant. This comes up all the time. People say you and your brother, you talk about new stuff, and you're on about stuff from like 2003. 
So, because there's also um, Send Away the Tigers, I thought was quite poor. And that, I just, I've listened to that last couple of weeks. Yeah, your Love Alone, amazing single, sort of a comeback, return to record. I think that's a great tune. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Chase. What yeah. was the other one? Autumn Song. Autumn Song's decent, yeah, it's fine. That's a, a decent track. Journal for Plague Lovers. That's the one with the Richie. like made out of Richie's notebooks, yeah. isn't it? Now, Peeled Apples, that first what song on there. I quite like. I quite like the album. It wasn't quite what I was expecting. I quite liked it, but the first song really reminded me of Temptation by Heaven Seventeen. <laughs> yeah, I can see where you. There's just it. a bit of a line there. Yeah. It, that, I, I think so. My my takeaway from Journal for Plague Lovers is that they're definitely Richie lyrics, and you can tell they're Richie lyrics, but they've they've sort of written them as Nicky Wire lyrics in that it's two verses and a chorus. It's not hundreds and hundreds of words like, like yeah, the Holy yeah. Bible is. They so, made it so they can so they can play it live, basically. Haven't they? We will be doing a Holy Bible episode mm-hmm. soon as well because yeah. I've listened to that lots in the last couple of weeks and I like it's firmly in my top five albums of all time ever. Yeah. And like I say, even though I've hardly listened to the Mount Street Preachers at all in the last... 15 years and when i do i go to those first four albums but they're still in my top three bands yeah just for those first first four albums like, i think they're amazing but um yeah so i what i get, kind of get out of certainly the earlier stuff nikki's lyrics seem to always have a bit of an uptick at the end they always seem to be a bit more like hope or something about them yeah. whereas richie's are really really quite bleak yeah definitely i I think the, the general consensus was that he was in a better place when the lyrics for Journal for, for Plague Levels were put together. Right. And then I enjoyed Postcards from a Young Man. Yeah. I quite, I quite like that. Again, I haven't listened to it a lot. Um, Rewind the film in Futurology, I've hardly touched. Resistance in Futile, I didn't listen to that at all. And the new one I've listened to once. It's a, a grower, I would say. I think that's right. the general consensus. I, I really like the um, I like the single with I think it's Julia coming is it the the one that's getting Radio yeah. Two play that's a good tune right okay. it is it is definitely a grower I think first like you first listen I thought uh, what's this but I'm fully on board with it now I think I think it's a cool. very good album I think the problem I have is that and it's re- and it is entirely my problem I hold them to such a high standard because yeah. of their early work I mean they can't make the Holy Bible every time because they wouldn't. Well, they well they can't because the chief lyricist is gone, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. But but you know what I mean. Yeah. If no no band can sustain that level of creativity and not just disintegrate. And actually, I think yeah, and you'll find this like there's some good tunes on Futurology and Rewind the Film, and Futurology yeah. is very very different to their other album. But I think Nicky's lyrics on this latest album are the best they've been in quite a while. I mean, there's a few sort of clumsy bits, but they're they're definitely better than they have been. And like the big thing that sort of is encouraging to see is they they have obviously got a lot of faith in it because i've seen them i've ended up seeing them twice in the last two weeks because of rescheduled gigs because oh wicked they played mm. seven tracks off that album which is totally unheard of like the last like every album tour i've seen them on it's been the singles plus maybe one like so they'll play right. three or four tracks off it you don't ever get six or seven tracks off a new album in a manic set list so they've obviously so you've they, probably seen them on every tour lately then so i've seen what was it, the first tour we went to, Sam? Probably send was it send away the tigers, or probably just after that. Yeah, yeah, we saw. Yeah. Him. I know Did we... you go to Nottingham? It was terrible sound. Was that with Jace? Or I, was that... I didn't go to that. No, that was no. I think that was the lifeblood one. I think, right. but it's possibly. I know we saw him on 
the journal for plague lovers we saw him didn't we because yeah. they played the whole album and like i hadn't heard it and that was that was hard yards um yeah <laughs> and i think see i think you're right send away the tigers because i remember thinking oh cool i like to like the two singles didn't they which have, was, you know, we saw them in we saw them in newport and they opened with penny royalty didn't they which was yeah they did yeah i think they play i think that's because when when they were um I think it must have been on Gold Against the Soul, actually, because um, that's the only time it would, would, would... Or it might have been in 92. They played Red in the same... It must have been 93, because, um, yeah, it's on in Utero, isn't it? So, But they they played Red in and they played Penny Royalty then, but I think Nirvana played that year as well. It's on one of the bootlegs I've got, one of, like, the early... Is it? Well, yeah, it's on It's on there. So I, I, had, I knew they'd done it at some point, but it was just for them to be busting that out in a set in, like, 2008 just seemed absolutely mental. I'll tell you what... I saw him play once, which is probably the highlight of any Manic gig I've been to. I once, he came out and he stood there and he was like, oh, I've learned something for tonight. Learned something especially for tonight. And he uh, played the grandstand theme. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know, I don't know. He just started playing it. He was like, yeah, I've learned that today. Thought I'd play it. You know the <laughs> one. You know the one I mean, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He thought, yeah, I'm just going to break that out tonight. Because there's loads of like, I don't know if they're all on that. Is, is it Lipstick Traces, the B-Sides collection? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember when I was uh, living with Steve and he first had the internet. Not Napster. Was it LimeWire or something? Yeah, yeah. And you download I think that they had him doing like Last Christmas and there was one of them doing um, It's So Easy, Guns N' Roses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't take my eyes off you, they do. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one? No, is it The Wild? No, The Drainers, Suede. Yeah, Drainers. yeah that's I mean, Holy yeah, Bible that's B-Side, not... I think, that, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Oh, right, okay, I wasn't sure. I just, but yeah, look out, we've got the man in tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get in, into, I just wanted to give my, just a general thought I've got about the Manics. And I was trying to think, because in preparation of this, I have been listening to them a bit more. And I'll be honest, I thought, I'll just make a start. I'll just stick stick a, a Greatest Hits playlist on. You've told me that if you never listen to the Manics again, it'll be too soon. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. But like, like I said earlier, like they're a band. Like... I think we've got that on record on one of the pods. Yeah, actually. yeah. I think, you, a lot. I think you said it when you were seven or eight pints deep on your Lepster Stag do as well when we were talking about. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. So I think I so I put a Grace Hits on. I really enjoyed it, and I thought to myself, why don't I actually listen to them that much? Because I don't. I, I can, you know, not intentionally anyway. And I think it's because. If I was going to listen to an album, I think it's no secret we're, we're all here thinking that the Bible is by far their best work. Yeah, that that's a fair comment. Yeah, would you yeah, say? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's such a hard listen, and I yeah, don't mean yeah. that in like fucking hell, this is shit. It's it's like you know thematically, yeah. and even like like Jace, you were telling me about um like the intro to Yes about how it feels uneasy because of the timing of it and stuff. Mm. And I went back and I listened to that. When I left yours, I put it on in the car and I was like, Christ, yeah, I've never noticed that. But yeah, I think, I think that might be it. I, I, I do like the, uh, like the, some of their earlier albums as well, but yeah, like I think that's what it is. I think if I'm going to listen and oh, I'm going to try and listen to their, their best work and then I put it on and I'm like, fuck, you know, this is, this is a lot. And I mean, it's a, it is an, an amazing album and, full credit goes to them for, for creating that because like I don't think anyone's done it since and I don't know anyone who really did it before. I mean from my sort of my scope anyway. I think that what it is is that you know when we were talking about 
about the Pixies and you were saying about how a lot of the stuff you listen to is based on like the songwriters their own lived experience yes. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But like the Pixies, it's like you've got songs inspired by like the work of Darley and mm-hmm. stuff like you know, it's in, they take inspiration from someone else's art yeah. and turn it into their own art. The Manics do that a lot, I feel. Yeah. yeah. Like even if you tolerate this, your children will be next. Nicky wrote the lyrics after watching a documentary about mm. the Spanish Civil War. You know, yeah. and I think that, so they're never one of those bands. Yeah, it's that bit more abstract feeling, if abstract's the yeah. right word. But. but also, I was reading, sorry, I've completely hijacked you again. Oh, as you're, usually right. Do, you're right. As is my want. <laughs> it's your podcast. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's your podcast, it's our podcast. The people's podcast. Can't do it without you. Too, too scared to do it without you. <laughs> There was a thing, it was going to come out later on, but it was like, well, it was it was a quote or something about the Holy Bible. And they were saying like, if it, you know how like they referred to like in utero as Kurt's suicide note. Yeah. And then is the Holy Bible Richie's suicide note? And But the point that the guy made was that it's not, it's more of a a guy in such a, close-knit group of friends that there's so much love that he can literally disintegrate around the people he's with but he feels safe to do so he's in like because because there's so much love in the room he feels safe to literally put everything he's got into that yeah 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 but um yeah i was listening to it uh to the holy bible the other day and like obviously it's like what 20 yeah it's it's old isn't it <laughs> how many are not 94 20 yeah so 27 years old yeah. and like um there's lyrics in four stone seven and i was just sat in the kitchen and i'm welling up listening to it and like i'm 42 <laughs> yeah yeah i just yeah just literally it's really tough isn't it mm. yeah yeah and like jace i probably said this to you the other night but just to um like yes is and it's a brilliant song and like his like a combination it's not just the the, the lyrics of it because like it's fucking insane those lyrics that chorus where he's on about he's a boy you want a girl and all that it's like he's a boy you want a girl so tear off his cock tie his hair in bunches fucking call him Rita if you want what the fuck <laughs> yeah and it's but it's not it's but the thing is for me it's not just those lyrics because like if you if someone else if someone else was singing those lyrics I don't know that it would land, but the way that he sings them, it, it's like, and the way, like, in, when he does it at the end on like the the last chorus, he he changes the melody, and it's just like the way, like the 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 vocal, sorry, the lyrics of that song like churn and like there's so much going on that like he also then um, like he then goes on to change the melody as well, and it kind of like it's constantly shifting. I think it's an absolutely incredible piece of songwriting yeah so for me um in terms of the holy bible it's like one of those things where like the lyrics are so strong and the whole album everything else on the album revolves around the lyrics because mm. richie just wrote pages and pages and said here yeah do something with it and he's just like there's no i can't i don't feel i can change anything to fit any melody so i've just got to make them work hmm. i don't know that there's another singer that could necessarily have got those words into those songs and it sounded like it. for me now what how long they've been going like 20 or oh, 30 years since or oh, 30 years next year since generation terrorists like the 
defining part of the Manic Street Preachers is James D. Bradford's voice. Yeah, absolutely. It's great a guitar player as he is. His voice is so good. Yeah. And his delivery, not just on the whole Bible, he, like, he's, he's just amazing. Yeah. He's, he's a serious front man. He is a serious front man. Yeah. For you know the whole package, like I think underrated, underrated as well. I think the only man that could replace Joe Strummer and Freddie Mercury. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a very very good point. That is, you, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But no, you're right because he does have that. He's got like a, an incredible singing voice, isn't mm. he? I think the early stuff, it was all glitter and spray paint and being provocative and the lyrics and the music are part of that, but it was a lot of, and they've said this themselves, like a lot of style over substance, yeah. a lot of getting in your face and going like, this is fucking us, whether you like it or not, and yeah. we're going to make a fucking row. But I think what's come out over, like with the longevity of it, is Bradfield's vocals and him and Sean Moore's like arrangements and stuff. Yeah. That's what's kept them going for 30 years, I think, because mm. they couldn't be as angry as on those first, well, one, one and think, third records, in, you know. I think it's a bit of a caveat, but I think you'd be amazed if you saw them now, how good of a bass player Nicky Wire is as well. Really? Yeah, yeah, like he can, he can, yeah. He can proper play now. Because do you remember, like, I remember when um, on uh, Know Your Enemy, it was... Um, Miss Europa Disco Dancer. Yeah, they switched, it's got that they? bit of bit, bit of a bit of a funky soul thing going. It's yeah. like holy shit, you can actually play like. But they switched for that, did they? Well, well they, the only time I've seen like them play it live is on the the Cuba DVD, which came out well, they, was it like two, late two thousand one. They played in Cuba, and they play it there. Loud uh, in the war, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They play it there and they switch. Yeah, and Nick, Nicky White plays a little choppy guitar, but James Dean Bradfield plays the bass. How do you feel about the solo albums, Jace? Nicky's is it's tough. It's okay. It's, really, it's I really tough, enjoyed it at the time. I haven't revisited it, like, but I like both of James's. I think they're they're different enough from the Manics to be to be good. The latest James Dean Bradfield solo album was very good. Yeah, I listened to that over, like a couple of times, or well, three or four times, and I actually said to Sam, I think that's probably the best. Before I listened to Lifeblood properly today, I said to Sam, I think that's probably the best Manics album of the last twenty years. I, yeah, I don't. I don't think that's a ridiculous show. I think, yeah, it's it's good. But that was. Um, I heard him on a podcast, and he was talking about how it was um, a load of poems and stuff that Nicky Wise's brother had written. Yeah, yeah. And wasn't sure if he was going to do a book or what, and then gave him over, and then they sort of collaborated. And just because I'm feeling slightly out of my depth here, um, <laughs> with your two's knowledge, I actually think to add to your your comments about Bradfield's, you know, guitar playing is is vocals and stuff. I think. And I haven't heard that solo album, but it sounds like he's done it there as well. The fact that he's not the lyricist, but he mm-hmm. can take other people's lyric. I think I think that's because so often like your singers, also your songwriter, you know, not exclusively, but like I'm sure there's other examples. But like that you were saying about like Rich says, here's the lyrics for the Bible. It's just like mm, okay, I'm not going to edit anything. I'm just going to do it because it needs to be done. Sort of, I think that's a like quite an underrated skill. Right, so what we're going to do then, we'll go through the earlier albums, the first five albums, we'll have a quick dive through, and then we'll pick out the better songs, the ones that we all, you know, enjoy more. I did put out on social media 
that we were going to build a Manic Street Preachers playlist or a best of something like that. So I asked people what were their favourite Manic Street Preachers songs that isn't Motorcycle Emptiness. <laughs> because I think we can all agree that Motorcycle Emptiness will be on the playlist. Yes. If yes. not number one. Yeah. So Alex Trezins, friend of the pod. <laughs> Big up the boat crew. Right. Said <laughs> Matters Against the Classes. Clonking tune. Which, to be honest, I think is going to be the cut-off point for this draft because I think that was that was number one going into two thousand, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was released in ninety nine. We'll keep it. We'll keep it nineties, just so I'm <laughs> comfortable. Um, it's in Mass Against the Classes. Um, it's not war, just the end of love and your love alone. Um, for me, the best bit of your love alone is when when Nicky Wise vocals come in. Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah. it sounds so shit compared to the other two, but it's just brilliant. <laughs> like, so thank you for that, Alex. A certain Mister Stephen Tuck, friend of the show, he said that Tristessa Durera, big tune. I'm not sure if he'd spelt it all wrong on purpose to take the piss, <laughs> or if he just can't spell French words. He also wants. He also wants a refund from this free podcast. So I told him he can email legal at recordsandbands dot com, <laughs> which should go straight to you, Sam. Great, yeah. That'll never get read. Leon says he's not a fan, but he likes some of the stuff he hears on the radio. He's clearly not a fan because he's suggesting you stole the sun from my heart and tsunami is their best track. So, <laughs> Nicola Rose, who's someone we don't know. Oh. It'll be easier to pick a favourite child than a favourite manic song, but some kind of nothingness should definitely be heard more. What's on postcards? Yeah, it's got the guy, the guy whose name I've forgotten from Echo and the Bunnymen. Robert Cadman, he suggests the intense humming of evil. Four. So if anyone out there knows Robert, can they reach out just to check he's all right? Because cause that's quite a tough going, that's a tough track. Like, So Robert, hope you're all right, man. <laughs> and the last one was a really good show from Tim Danger Trains. He suggested This Is Yesterday, again off the bottom. Yeah, uh, yeah, good tune. Nobody, nobody said Design for Life. No, I was surprised actually. And yeah. I, I think if if I hadn't ruled out motorcycle emptiness, I would have just had this the motorcycle emptiness. To be honest, yeah. No yeah. one said you love us. Oh well, I did make an idiot sheet actually, which I've misplaced of some stuff that I like. I, I say I've misplaced. It's on my phone, and I've misplaced my phone. But you love us was on that, and that's quite an obvious one, I think, off of Generation Terrace. But it it's a good one, and I think Jace, me and you spoke about this before a little bit. How I said about. Um, if you don't think Common People is one of Bob's best songs, you've got your head up your ass. I think say about Design for Life with the Mannix, because it is an incredibly good song. But I think people think, oh, it's, yeah. it's you know, it's the big hit. But it's a great, great song. At Bridge, before they come back in for the last chorus. It's oh, it's just, ridiculous. It's insane. Absolutely. Do we actually need to do any background on the Manic Street Preachers? Are we, <sighs> we... I don't think. I, I think, think we're we all... Do. Where everyone no. who's going to listen to this would know who the one of the, like, for me, they're the British band of the 90s. For me, personally. Yeah, I guess, like, I guess, I guess you, you get Oasis as the counter argument, wouldn't you? Yeah, but not for me, they were. Oh, I mean, oh absolutely, absolutely. No, 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 I, I see, saw, I see yeah. what you mean. No, but, like, personally, for me, yeah, like, they were the British band of the 90s. And I actually think, yeah, yeah. like, I'll be honest, in about 98, 97, 98, I had this hot take that in like 30 years' time, we'll look back at the Manics, especially their early work, and think they were like the second coming of The Clash. 
and I don't think they're there to work holds up mm. to that analogy but no, no, no. I, I also feel that stuff like yeah especially the holy bible and probably everything must go just stand on their own as wicked pieces of work anyway i don't think that um just to just to chime in there and mm. I, I don't think oasis are necessarily the manic's peers no in some yeah. regards yeah, no, no. i think because of the obviously they're from the same time and i don't think that not in time not not well, they really want to get into the merits of popularity and whatnot, but like Oasis are obviously a huge band, and probably in that sort of regard, probably well, they will take that, I suppose. Are probably like, but in terms of creativity, you you can't compare the Manics to Oasis because it's poles apart, and like I think it's just because they're yeah. around at the same time. That does I don't think they're really. And I mean, to be fair, you say like. The Oasis are this are this massive band compared to the Manics, but like, yeah, like Oasis did like Nebworth and stuff, but like the Millennium Stadium gigs or gig oh, on the two, huge. you know, was and was like yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. So, so they were obvious. I know it was hometown kind of thing, but like I think people sometimes forget that about the Manics that they are well, they were this a massive there was a four year there was a probably a five year spell where the Manics were the biggest band in this country mm. yeah i think they had like tea in the park it was glass it was tea in the park glastonbury in v they headlined in the same year yeah 99 of, i think that might have been but one of my very early or earlier musical memories is seeing the everything must go posters up in like our price and stuff like that yeah you know and thinking oh well don't know, and then I just sort of see it was just everywhere. But you know, one, like... of, one of my earliest memories, I think, was seeing them on top of the pops doing faster with a balaclava. Mm. How fucking cool is that? Like, most complaints in top of the pops history, wasn't it? That's what I was saying about the um, like almost like the style over like the, the provocativeness of it, like the, the the fuck you attitude of it, like you know, it's pretty fucking punk, that. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and I think Jace, you saying before about like you know about Bradfield could replace Freddie or or Joe Strummer, but like you see them live in the early stuff, and it they like they are almost a punk band, but like you no, know, they definitely, Bradfield they, they definitely pay, started play. as a punk band. They definitely yeah. started as a punk band, and you can see that influence of of the the Clash in particular. But yeah, like I, I, well, I don't remember seeing it at the time, but I've seen it since. Yeah, with the balaclavas on, and he's got. They've all got their names on them or something. Yeah, that's they? right. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's you know that's cool. That was really. But the year before they would, I think they did was it from despair to wear, and they were in full camo, like mm. yeah, yeah, and yeah. with his uh, bleach blonde hair. And to be fair, like Nicky and Richie got all the attention for being like the good-looking ones, for being the glamorous ones, and all of that. James Dean Bradford ripped his fuck in those days. Like <laughs> you see some pictures of him without a shirt on. He's absolutely ripped. I'm not, but I might. <laughs> the, like, the, there's almost a uniform, isn't there, with the Mannix? Yeah, you see, like you know, Home, like homemade. Oh, that's. Do you know when you had your um, you did some gigs and you had some like homemade T-shirts. Mm. Alvin means Alvin, and all yeah, of that. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I literally thought that's a Mannix thing. It absolutely is. Yeah, I remember you made a made made your own Mannix T-shirt as well once. Yeah, oh time. yeah, I not, used to go out to was it Shepherds. Mm. Yeah, 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 and you used to get yeah. those like the um, army surplus, like 
grey shirts to just wear over because mm. I couldn't afford a flannel, so I'd have one of them over my band T-shirt, and then yeah. I'd have stuff scrawled on that or whatever. You know, just mm. it would have been the equivalent of whatever a sharpie is like. Yeah, just scroll stuff on it, like just buy a white I mean, T-shirt and write some shit on it, like yeah. yeah. I think that's really cool, and I and there's a whole sense of style and. And as we go into Generation Terrorists, so Generation Terrorists was released in 1992. Um, the previous single in 91 was Motang Junk, and that basically got everyone going, this is going to be fucking great. Mm. Nicky Wire always said something about it was going to be the best rock album ever. It's going to sell like 16 million copies. We're going to headline Wembley, and then we're going to break up. Yeah. And this is the band who wanted a sandpaper case, wasn't it? So when you put it in your records collection... So you take it, it out, it destroys everyone else's records. Yeah. Right. I have some thoughts about Nicky Wire. I love him <laughs> to bits, but... Anyway, so I don't know about you, Jace, but I reckon they probably had a... That whole, we're going to do one album, it's going to sell a shitload, we're going to headline Wembley, and then we're going to break up. It's quite a lot of bravado there, but I think that's trying to hide probably some, some truth, because it's almost as if they've put Absolutely. everything they've got onto this record that's why it's 18 tracks long yeah and if if it had flopped and you know it would have got no radio play and not got picked up they could have said well we wrote our 18 track debut album and we split it up we didn't add like Wembley but we're splitting yeah. up that's I don't it, think man. to be honest I don't think they're ever going to split up as a group of friends it's, you know, I think they've been through no you yeah. know they might stop making music um, I was saying yeah absolutely and I was saying this to Sam last week again that I think how they are now is absolutely how they would have ended up somehow anyway. I don't I don't think Richie, whether whether he died in or in in other circumstances or if they he left the band for his own health or if they just decided it was better without him. They there was there might have been one more album but there wasn't. I don't know where we are we're really jumping all over the fucking place tonight. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter though, because I think this shows how much we like the band because we're just going boom, 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 boom. But it's like yeah, yeah. I know there was lots of talk that like his guitar wasn't even plugged into the amps when they were playing live. Yeah. It, but at some point, you know, it makes him sound like he's another Bez. Yeah, and he's absolutely not. The Manics aren't the Manics without his contribution on those first three albums, and certainly not on the Holy Bible, but. All right, musically, he might not have contributed much, but lyrically and that sense of style and that provocativeness. Yeah, oh, massively. Sid Vicious couldn't fucking play his bass, could he? And he no. was like the poster boy for that band, really. Mm. So, yeah, I think when you consider what, like you said, what Richie contributed to the band, not just in terms of, because like... Not just in terms of lyrics, like yeah. the whole style yeah. comes from him and, him and Wyatt. Yeah, and what a cool guy. Especially like, Jockey, if you look like, at some you know, of Sean Moore's haircuts. Mm. On some of them early pictures, yeah. like he's got proper like Happy Mondays basins and yeah. all sorts. Just on on Rich's play, just before we move on, there's a um, there's a it must be like a European festival or something where the techs obviously got no idea who they are, and they they mic it as if Rich is the lead guitarist. <laughs> so I think it's Latris Dessa. They start playing all you hear is it's just this, him clunking this G chord that he's obviously you know. Thinking he's not thinking no. To be fair, I think he's a better guitar player than I were. I am, so you know. I mean, I'm sure he, he must have been able to play yeah, a bar. Exactly, yeah. oh, mind you, I I struggle. My finger hurts after a while, though. <laughs> right. So, Generation Terrorists. Then, so how do we feel about? So it is. 
18 songs long. The version I've got here has also got the theme from MASH on the end of it, but I only know that as a single. That was never on the album I had. So for me, as an album, it feels like it's another one of those. Like I said about the Jamie T album, it's like this might be the only record we've got, so let's put everything we got on it. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's too long. And that's it? what I song there. I mean, there's a. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, long, yeah, it's it? got the cover of Damn Dog on there, which is. Was it the Sleeve Sisters or someone like that? Um, so that's a cover. Yeah, you don't. Right, like, if you've right. got 17 of your own songs, you don't need to stick a cover mm. version on there. You don't need two versions of Repeat. That remix is awful as well. <laughs> I prefer the remix to the. Do you? Yeah, yeah, just because it's so different to everything else. And I was thinking, like, I'm not sure if I like Tennessee or another invented disease, but also dead. But then I listen to them, and I think actually they're fucking great. No, I always think another invented disease sounds like Pearl Jam, like not really? him singing, but the guitar parts. I really think oh, like right. grungy, sort of. Yeah, maybe not Pearl Jam, but that sort of that sort of scene. So, can what would you say on Generation Terrorist is the weakest track or tracks? I'd say stars and the repeat stars and stripes is right. pretty bad. Um, I'm not it? overly keen on Crucifix Kiss. No, it's, um, so Dead's not brilliant. I, in, in my opinion, I'm not. Is that, that um, one. pay for red? You cannot yeah. pay for my. I quite like that. See, <laughs> yeah, actually, it's funny. Like yeah. again, I've lived with the album for thirty years nearly, so I there are some special. There's some really special stuff on there, but let's just get what we've come for so yeah i was gonna say a lot of this stuff um especially off that album i'm not overly familiar um i know the hits the first seven tracks for me are all amazing i i I love the first seven tracks stay beautiful and then methadone pretty and condemned to rock and roll yeah they've started they pulled condemned to rock and roll out of the hands and played it a few years really you've seen them play it oh man they also they played them they played Spectators of Suicide on the last tour as well. Yeah, I've seen them play that. Yeah. yeah, I saw them play that somewhere. I might have seen them play that in Hereford Leisure Centre, actually. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Just just to drop that one on you, Jace. <laughs> yeah, that's mental, <laughs> isn't it? So what's everyone's feelings on Gold Against the Soul in terms of how good it is, where it stacks up in the grand scheme of certainly these <laughs> first, the, that first decade of the 90s, like it's... Singles are amazing, aren't they? Mm. The rest of it's a bit, yeah. So what were the singles off that then? So um, Roads is uh, in the Hospital. From Despair to Wear, Life's Becoming a Landslide. Right, yeah, they're pretty good. I always had a... I quite like Drug, Drug, Druggy, to be honest, but... Yeah, Sleep Fire is good. Right, yeah, some of the guitar playing on at the end of the album is really good. I do like um, Nostalgic Pusshead as well. Just to um, give some general thoughts on this album, I think it's really good. My main issue with it is... I find it quite samey. I find it quite overproduced. It is, yeah. I I sometimes struggle to tell the songs apart, if I'm being perfectly honest. And that's not once once I'm listening to them, but I I do like it. Like Jay said, the singles are are really, really good. Mm. I like the opening guitar part on Sleep Flower as well. Mm. It's really good. We are going to do a proper Holy Bible episode. Mm -hmm. I will just read you what it says here on Apple Music. 
1994, as Britpop's bunting began to go up in London and Manchester, Manic Street Preachers relocated to Cardiff to make one of the decade's most remarkable and outlying rock records. Released in the UK on the same day as definitely maybe, the Holy Bible is a harrowing expression of anguish, unshrinking and unromantic in its abyss-edge study of death, fascism, self-harm and man's capacity for atrocity. It's, it's an absolute motherfucker of an album it's like easily in my like it's by far and away their best work it's like by a long long way it's one of my favorite albums of all time ever it's i think it's a perfect album it's i I don't think there's anything else like it it's a proper work of art don't think anybody else can write can write that album i don't think any i think and i think if they tried it would sound shit it would sound contrived yeah it's a really honest record for all it's like like sam was saying like abstractness all it's um all the darkness of it it's really honest mm. yeah to get onto an album we'll talk about later this is my truth tell me yours this is richie's truth like this is what he's going through at the time yeah, and, how, yeah. and how he's true choosing to convey it and it's a sam said it's a really really tough listen but i i yeah it's i haven't got enough words to describe how good it is and it's like the level of intellect in it isn't it it's just yeah like what what he must have been reading and all of that around the time of writing this it's just insane isn't it like the cultural references yeah i said to sam yesterday like especially like just to jump back to generation terrorists a bit there's stuff on generation terrorists that it feels like obviously they're from a small town, but it feels like they're the, like the brightest sparks in the area, like the 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 brightest kids, the most talented kids, the cleverest kids in in town, and they fucking know it. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and they want to make and they want to make sure you know that too. This feels a bit different. I mean, it's. Do you know what I mean? It's like some of the stuff on. It is a little bit contrived early on, isn't it? Yeah, no, no, totally. I, I get it. Yeah, totally get. It. You see what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Do talk shit. No, 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 no. You, you're spot on. Yeah, and this, there's definitely stuff in the earlier lyrics that are there to shock you. Like I laugh when Lennon got shot. That's. I mean, it, that kind of feels like something that was just there to get a reaction. Whereas by the time we get to the Holy Bible, it's definitely there's none of that, is there? No, no. So then I just would just like to say that you've raised a fair point, you two, there, about um, how the Bible's a very honest album. And I think from what I was saying about how, how it's very abstract and that, that, I don't think that, well, I didn't mean it to, to be sort of detract away from its sort of, from its personal nature. Because like you said, there's, there, that's not coming from anyone else's mind, that album. That's coming yeah. from, like, you know, that is like, and although it's abstract, it's probably in the mind of of the writer it's probably not abstract it's probably like i think like if you were just to take it in isolation the only one i think there is like on the nose probably autobiographical is four stone seven yeah but the rest of it is him finding um i'm not clever enough to talk about it <laughs> do, you really. think, do you think faster is, is, is a little bit a little bit autobiographical I can't say the oh, word. No, I, I think it's I think it's all autobiographical. Yeah. But I think if you were to take it from isolation, you could say the right like listen to four seventy seven, listen to the lyrics, you could you would say the writer is clearly suffering with it yeah, yeah, disorder. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Archives of Pain, you're not gonna say 
this guy's a serial killer. But, you know, I'm not clever enough to talk. I'm not clever enough. Like, I don't have the brain power to. So I am definitely putting yes on the list because I've said that's one of the my top five album openers anyway. Um, if White America told the truth just one day, his whole world would fall apart. Could have been written yesterday, couldn't it? It's amazing, <laughs> isn't yeah. it? Like some of the like some of the vocals on that, it's just unbelievable how we get some of them mm. words out. Have you seen them do it live? I've seen them do the whole album live. Like they did the, really? they did oh, the, right. for the tw- it must be the twentieth anniversary probably. I bet that's tougher to do live than um, End of the World as we know it. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the one, the one, a, a mausoleum is the one, like the, the pre-chorus yeah. of mausoleum is, there's a lot mm-hmm. of words in that. Um, it's really difficult to just like pull tracks out off of this because it, they all sit together. Anything on there that really jumps out to you, Sam? Sorry, you're sat there. No, no, I'm, I'm enjoying the chat. I I've, I was just um, refreshing my memory on Four Stone 7. Yeah, it's rough. It is, but this just reading through the lyrics, what I like about that song is that it is dark and it is rough, but mm. like how catchy is the chorus? Yeah, 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 yeah. And but also your when you hit listen to it, I know it's written by Richie Edwards, but you think the subject of the song is a girl? Mm. Yeah. And whether that's because of preconditioning that it's girl, teenage girls that suffer from yeah eating disorders more than other people. Yeah, the um the tempo change slower yes. and slower, yeah, which is yeah. meant to obviously read to relate to basically someone wasting away as well. Was it? I want to be so skinny that I rot from view. Mm. Yeah. Fuck me, it's rough. it's rough. It's really hard going. It's going on the list though. Awesome. Um, faster's going on that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then again, lyrically on that, it's just. Yeah, I know. I believe in nothing. Well, it's my nothing. Mm. Like, what a line! What a line! Yeah, that is. Yeah, and the guitar on it is just like raking, isn't it? Mm. It's like a yeah, like uh, yeah, raking. I think is the right word for it. It's just yeah, it's su- such a good song. I fucking love pieces. I would also. And they they yeah. they played it in in Hereford. I'm pretty sure they played it in Hereford. If not, it was somewhere. It might might be one of them in Wolverhampton, but yeah, it's really good. So again, I've I've just called up Everything Must Go and it's a 10th anniversary edition. Now for me, this is like the last Manic's album that I really, really loved because after this, it all went a little bit rugby club, which is my favourite way of describing them. As, so- as, as soon as they got that big, mm. it was great because I got to go and see them more. I think I don't, I think I saw them, I must have seen them twice on this tour and then I think I saw them three times afterwards yeah yeah so I'm, yeah it must have been this tour from Wolverhampton after that it was always much bigger places apart from Hereford Leisure Centre mm-hmm. like so it saw me like St David's or it uh, St David's Hall in Cardiff yeah 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 so I saw him there and then obviously festivals and stuff so this was like the last chance to see him in small places I felt but it's a great record Oh yeah, it's a really good. It's a really good record. Like I listened to this as well actually this week, and something that surprised me about it, and I didn't want to say surprised, I didn't remember, is like it's absolutely dripping in strings. There's like so much like orchestral. It's it's a massive record in terms of sound. Any standout tracks or any weaker tracks on here for you, Jace? I think it's pretty strong start to finish, isn't it? The um... yeah, I think the girl they wanted to be God and. Yeah, I think that's the only one that I would skip if I, if I was listening to it. 
I'd probably removables. I'd skip. I, I like was going to say removables. That's not my favourite track on there. Uh, removables. Yeah. That's uh, all removables, all transitory, isn't mm. it? That's uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really yeah. like removables. Interiors is good. I could put most of this record on there as well, actually. No surface or feeling would make my top five. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I'd just like to draw attention to two songs, if I may. Don't do this very often, Rob, so brace yourself. So Australia would definitely be Mm. on my list because I remember hearing Australia and reminded me of you being Australia and being a little brother, thinking, oh, my brother's in Australia. That sort of thing. Um, And you missed me. Yeah, I guess so, if you like. Um, and then I would also just like to bring that around to more traditional things I say about you. Further away, right? Just because mm-hmm. Dad used to say, you'd be playing guitar. Dad would say, can you play further away? And you'd go, yeah, I'm learning it off the Manic sound. And he went, no, can you play further away from me? <laughs> <laughs> On the note of uh, family members taking the piss out of your musical ability, I once, my sister was looking for, she was hungover or something, looking for some sympathy. I said, hold on a minute, I'll go and find the violin. And she said, uh, she replied, please don't, I've heard you play guitar. (laughs) (laughs) I used to have a Counting Crows t-shirt, and every time I walked into the house with it, Dad would say, how many up to now? (laughs) (laughs) I would have been about 30. (laughs) And it went on for about six years, which shows how often I bought new t-shirts. But yeah, it was like, how many up to... 95 now, you're like, fucking hell. So, um, how many of this are we going to put on the list? And then we'll... I would I'd... say, yeah. Um, Design for Life? Definitely, obviously. Um, Sorry, uh, Elvis Impersonator? Yeah, good tune. I think it's really good. And it's, again, it's it's just a bit weird, isn't it? You know how we say, like, yes, is kind of like setting up the Bible uh, small black flowers that grow in the sky. I'm putting because it's like the last full Richie mm-hmm. lyric, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. an amazing lyric, isn't it? Yeah, it's like animals. Well, on the surface, it is, isn't it? I think it's feel that more yeah, feeling yeah. him feeling fucking trapped. And I think there's one good song on this. Is my truth, tell me yours. Can Jason see this? Is, see, I've just come on to this version. It's got prologued history on it, and the version I had haven't. So this is what I was saying. They 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 took off. Um, Nobody loved you. I think because was there some sort of ill feeling between? Because it's obviously yeah. about Richie. Was it? I think there was some sort of ill feeling be, between the band and Richie's sister oh, right. over it because they're basically saying nobody else gave a shit. Oh about right, it. okay. Which, yeah. So they they took it off the reissue and replaced it. I think it was with yeah. the history, which yeah. is oh, a great yeah. tune. So that but, was on. That is really good, isn't it? One of the. F- it's on that lipstick traces. So there's one, the one song I really like on that. Anyone going to take a guess? Uh, assuming tolerate. Sorry? No, not tolerate. I, no. no, there's there's not a lot of I like on this album. To be honest, there is there's I would take Black Dog on my shoulder and that's it. That's all I'd take off that record. Yeah. Uh, number five on my idiot list. Uh, if you tolerate this, I think it's an absolutely amazing song. Absolutely brilliant. All like start to finish, a brilliant, brilliant song. Um, first, uh, only number one to be written about the Spanish Civil War. So I think um, "Ready for Draining" is a really good song. I think the back half of this album is hard work. If I'm being it seems to have a "Born a Girl" being a decent tune, but I might be thinking of the uh, Nirvana song. 
There's a Nirvana song, Born a Girl, isn't there? Yeah. Is that? Uh, being a Sun. Being a Sun. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Manic's the version of that. It is, isn't one it? Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? There's some good guitar work on My Little Empire, actually. Mm-hmm. For the guitarists yeah. out there, which aren't me. <laughs> See, this is the thing. It was such a letdown after Holy Bible and then um, Everything Must Go. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right, it, it had the big single. At that point, they could have released anything and I think it would have gone to number one because they were so massive after the design, yeah. after Everything Must Go. Yeah, I would say their worst album, I think. I feel that it's not that they took longer over it because they don't generally take a long time between records, do they? I mean, they've done 13, but it just seems a little bit overthought. And it's almost like they're trying to make the record that people want to hear. And it's it's probably the only time they're trying to make the record that they think other people want rather than what they want. Yeah, yeah. And I think you'll find when you get into the later stuff, there's a few instances of that where they've almost tried to redo everything must go. So I think um, Know Your Enemy is them trying to go get back to the generation terrorists, sort of almost trying to start again. Yes. And yeah, yeah, again, but I don't think that works either. As a, as a record no, there's some good songs on it but no. um and then are we long, i've it? i've got so if we're not putting anything on off from that i've also got on there so suicide is painless motown junk masters against the classes and new art riot can can i add just one from the the b-side collection because i think it would probably be in my top five um donkeys, donkeys. that's off the um uh everything must go isn't it I think it's a bit earlier. I think it's a rich. It? It, it definitely feels like I a rich So it's either yeah, it's either one he left or it's a. If I had to take a guess, I'd say Gold Against the Soul oh, right, sort okay. of era. But I'm not 100. And I'd like to offer up the At a Time cover from Lipstick Traces. I'm not sure if we're allowed covers, yeah, but good. I think that's very. There's some, there's some good stuff off that actually. Um, yeah, that's the um, that was um, the B that was the um, so, B side for Mass Against the Classes, wasn't it? Uh... Yeah. So you're just sneaking in there, I think. The long list, as it stands, is um, mainly tracks off of the first five albums. There's a few singles and a couple of B-sides. Before anyone starts shouting, Motorcycle em- Emptiness is a nailed-on pick, so no one gets to pick Motorcycle Emptiness. We've all got it. It's there. Don't worry. Is it their best song? Yeah, it's certainly the for their best. All fast, one of so the three. What, it's twenty nine years since it, the album was released. Last week, I put it on in the kitchen. It finished, and I went and I put it mm. back on straight away again. And then it finished, and I put it yeah. on again. I listened to it three times in a row without listening to anything else. So yeah, that, that just shows how good it is. So then, just to pick up on that, um, before you carry on with the list, uh, Jace made this point um, when we were hanging out the other night um, that like the fact that he was how old when he wrote that song? Like late teens? Yeah, nineteen twenty, something like that. Like it's so this is gonna sound a bit wanky, but it's like it's so mature. Like it do you know what I mean? It's such an accomplished piece of writing. It's just like Is motorcycle emptiness the um, the one that's a bit had a bit had a bit of Patrick Jones, Nikki's brother's input, isn't the 
underneath on Loneliness Motorcycle Loneliness. I don't know. It may well be. There's quite a lot because isn't I think that bit on um, must be the Sweet Exile. That's a Patrick Jones poem, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I think they were just all just knocking about together, so it's mm. like everyone's going to have you know yeah. have a hand in it. The fact that you've got three amazing poets or lyricists or whatever in that same small little mining town, mm. and then the musicians that Sean Moore and James Dean Bradfield are is amazing. Like, it's, it, it, can yeah. you imagine? Like, could you imagine? Is it? But it's the same. It's Dempster. Yeah. Isn't it? It's like yeah. the Manix came out of Dempster. Is could you imagine that? Well, I would in the angry barrels, but right, well, obviously, whatever. but you know, <laughs> the draft pool. Then, so motorcycle emptiness is nailed on. Then we've got from Generation Terrorists, uh, Slash and Burn, You Love Us, the full version of the album, Little Baby Nothing, which is a duet with Tracy Lords, Stay Beautiful, Condemned to Rock and Roll. Then we go to the next album, from which is Gold Against the Soul. So we've got, basically, it's the singles. So From Despair to Wear, La Tristessa, Durera, Life Becoming a Landslide, Drug, Drug, Druggy, Roses in the Hospital. We've gone to the big unit then, Holy Bible. We've, so yes, If White America Told the Truth for One Day, It's World Will Fall Apart, Archives of Pain, Four Stone Seven, Revel, Faster, This Is Yesterday, The Intense Humming of Evil, PCP and Die in the Summertime, from Everything Must Go, we've got Design for Life, Elvis Impersonator, Kevin Carter, You Know They're Alone, Everything Must Go, Small Black Flowers That Grow in the Sky, Australia, No Surface All Feelings, and from the last album of the 90s, This Is My Truth, Tell Me Yours. If you tolerate this, then your children will be next. You Stole the Sun From My Heart, Tsunami, Ready for Draining, Black Dog On My Shoulder, and then we've got the Honourable Mentions, or the singles, or the B-sides, and that sort of thing. So Suicide is Painless, the theme from MASH. Motown Junk, which was the single that sparked it all off, really. Masters Against the Classes, which is the single that ended the decade. It was number one in the UK going into, well, on January the 1st, 2000. That was the number one record. Jason Wants the B-side Donkeys. And Sam's asked for their cover of Out of Time, which is obviously a Jagger and Richards composition. So there we go. So Jason, as our guest on the inaugural Manic Street Preachers Drafter Palooza, would you like the first pick? That needs retitling. <laughs> All right, give us a better title. Um, the Manic Street Draft. The Manic Draft Preachers. Um, I've got something here. Uh, Sorry, we'll, we'll just sit back and wait. Come on, because you just said it's got you. You wanted the retitle. Shall we make a manic playlist? Yeah, let's make a manic playlist. Yeah, stop dicking around with the names, would you? You fucking idiots. With the first pick, Jason Fletcher is taking. With with motorcycle empty, just gone. It's got to be faster. Isn't that's it? a good shape. I think that's really good. A really strong. I was going to take that in as well. So it's good, Sam. Um, I'm going to pick because it's my favourite song. I'm going to go with. Little Baby Nothing off of Generation Terrorists. So I'm going to take Four Stone Seven. Okay. Because I think it's a masterpiece. Bad play. Great chorus. Great look. Back to you then, Jace. Go with Design for Life. It's got to find its way on there. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I wouldn't have put it in, see? I think it's just one of those that everyone knows. It's just... Yeah, but it's great though, isn't it? It's great. My second pick, I'm going to go with... Proper old school and go Motown Junk. 
it's just got to be on there, isn't it? Like, it's a great tune. It's, it's yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Like with the with the one with the sample on it at the start. Oh, the um, Public Enemy sample. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's your favourite lyric on that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, like the first couple of lines are exactly the way I feel about Dempster. So it's never, never ever wanted to be with you. The only thing you gave me was the boredom I suffocate in. Oh, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, it's a great, great tune, and I feel I should give it a tip of the cap because I know me and Jace have been in various musical endeavours in our days, and Motown Junk is a song we've often tried to cover. Jace, we've done this in a, a couple of the um, yeah, great, didn't it? Never, never for such a simple song. But there's some really good deep playing on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 a great tune for what is a ragtag punk band like. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a proper punk tune. That is like. So I'm going to take yes. If I don't take yes, then I've kind of because I said that was you know one of my top opening tracks ever. Yeah. Right, right go on then, Jace. You've only got three more picks, mind. We're going to leave quite a lot on the table here. We absolutely are. I'm going to go from despair to where. Nice. Controversial. I don't know if there's anything on, you know, seeing what's left on all the other... Yeah, I don't know if I'd take anything off that album, but... So um, I'm going to go with, uh, just because I was soppy about it earlier, Check Australia on there. Thanks, mate. It's all right. You know... It's right. not gonna be some great. There's gonna we're gonna miss one great track off of it. We're gonna miss you. some really. There's gonna be some really <laughs> big ones on here. Like I'm gonna take Condemned to Rock and Roll. No, I'm not. I'm gonna take You Love Us before one of you buggers mm. take it. <laughs> and again, that's that's the extended version with the wicked guitars at the end. Two picks yeah. left, Jace. What are you gonna take, man? No service or feeling. Oh, this is really good doing it this way because it's yeah, not it's just fun. the big hitters. Go on then, Sam. So I got, well, I got, I'm, I'm, I'm down to three. I, no, 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 I'm down to about six. Yeah. Just because I, I do, I speak very highly of it. I'm gonna have to put it on there. Tolerate this. I think it's brilliant. I think it's cool not to like that song, and I think it's fucking brilliant. So for me, like I said, I think if any other band had done that song, I think I would have liked it. And I didn't like it at the time. I thought it was shit, but I was, you know. But... The thing with the Manix is that there's always such a personal connection between mm. not just the fans as a whole in the band, but each individual has a different relationship with the band, I think. Where, d- 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 you know, depending on which album mm. they came into, where they've seen, you know, and I think it's, you know, what songs speak to them for want of a yeah. less bullshitty phrase. Is it my pick? I'm putting this off here. <laughs> right. I am going to take Kevin Carter. Ooh. Because I like the trumpet. And I yeah. think Sean Moore needs more... Pardon, pardon. I think Sean Moore needs to be seen on here as more than a percussionist. It's great as drummers, sorry, it's great as drummers and percussionists are. He's such an accomplished musician and mm. arranger and just for him to get that spotlight with his trumpet solo. So, right, Jace, last pick, man. Because I put it on there, I've got to go with Donkeys. Absolutely amazing lyric. Should have been on the album. Don't know why it wasn't because there's some, some not great tracks on the back half of God Against the Soul. Yeah. Sam? Um, 
I'm torn. There's an there's... awful lot left, isn't there? Yeah. Afterwards, can we just do an honourable mentions? Yeah. So I'm going to go with... Uh, this is tricky. So I'm trying to second guess what you're going to pick, Rob, so I can see if I can get no, both of them on. No, take it, because like they're all there. No, no, no. I mean, if I go for one, then are you going to go for, for the other one that I would pick? I'm going to go with Masses Against the Classes. Really? Because it's brilliant. That big intro. And then it, I like the way the intro built. It kind of drops and it kind of... Yeah. I feel lyrically it's a little bit on the nose. Hmm. It's a little bit... I don't think... I think it sounds like it's trying to say something without ever actually saying anything. Hmm. And maybe that's the point of it. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe that's the point of it that we're just going to put out. It's just like we could put out any old shit and it'll get to number one because that's how fucking big we are at the minute. I just, I, I, I think it's a brilliant song. I think it's really, really good. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't hear that and think this is just. I think it's. Over, I, th- I think it's. I do. I think it, it feels like it's. To me, it feels like it's written on the back of a fag packet and then overproduced. Mm, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty into it. Listen, terrible live versions of it before they got the touring guitarist in, where the, the keyboard player is playing the, the, the sort of chugging guitar right. part. And it just sounds terrible. Just thought I'd add that. No, no, just <laughs> see. Right, so I, I've got the last pick on this list now, and yeah, I'm, I my worry is if I take what I really want to take, then it's going to make it very holy bible heavy. Well, but, but that is the linchpin of my relationship with the band. Yeah, I am um, fuck. <laughs> it's like so. Black dog on my shoulder is the only song on this is my truth. Tell me yours that I would even contemplate putting on the long list. I wouldn't, but I'm not going to draft it because there's other there's much better songs. Yeah, so do, I, do I go with if White America told the truth for one day, it's world will fall apart. Or do I go for PCP, or do I, or this is yesterday? What has <laughs> we got on it? I'm gonna go. If White America told the truth for one day, its whole world would fall apart because it's absolutely amazing, mm-hmm. and the lyrics are great. But Bradfield's delivery is just absolutely something else. It's mm-hmm. like out of this world. And we spoke about Andy Cairns being like an underrated vocalist. Yeah, but. Bradfield is so so good, and mm. I do think he like his voice is what you know defines a band now. I feel so. I'm going to take if White America told the truth. So. Well, that's absolutely fucked my plan. Then, to be honest with you, why <laughs> that was going to be my plan, mention? No, 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 no. My plan was not to pick PCP because I thought you would. Oh right, okay. Do you do you want to swap back out then? You got a chance? No, 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 no. So it's honorable mentions stuff. then. On any honorable mentions that we've not put in there. The the two that I so I was thinking about um, I there's there's a there is an old number but the two that were closest for me off my last pick would have been PCP because it's fucking brilliant and like it's almost like is it the last track on the Bible it is isn't it it's almost like a bit of a palate cleanser in the way like you know the Bible gets quite for quite grindy, quite sludgy, yeah, yeah. and quite like, oh god, is this um, this is heavy? And then PCP, obviously, lyrically, it's still still fit, but like it's kind of like you've made it's it cathartic almost, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a little treat at the end, sort of thing. And I, but it, I think it's a brilliant, brilliant song. And 
Roses in the Hospital was another one, just because I love the outro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, well, he does give it, he gives it the, the Rudy Rudy at the end, doesn't he? But it's very, very clap. And it's like brilliant, brilliant outro. And it's a brilliant song. Um, so I'm a bit, bit, bit disappointed that those who didn't make the cut, but there's some great songs on there. The final draft from the draft of Palo- from the first annual Manic Street Preachers draft of Palooza. Title TBC. So f- fifteen tracks then. Faster, designed for life. From despair to wear, no surface or feeling. Donkeys, little baby, nothing. Great tune. Motown junk. Australia. If you tolerate this, then your children will be next. Masters against the classes. Four Stone Seven. Yes, you love us. Kevin Carter. And if white America told the truth for one day, its world would fall apart. So before we came on, Sam, you made a like a you said you went to make a top five manic songs. Yeah. Um and so, then you ended up making a top ten. So how many of your top ten made your the five you picked? So I I didn't make actually make a top ten. I um artistically made a top nine. Because you're punk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't fucking do it in ten, <laughs> Um, so my fuck list... the metric system. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So my list was uh, masses against the classes, little baby nothing. Yes, PCP, which hasn't made the list. Uh, tolerate this. Motown junk. Stay beautiful. And Australia. So stay beautiful. No, stay beautiful to make the list. Uh, yes, yeah, a great track. It's a shame, but yeah, um, you love us wouldn't have been too far away from that list either. Jace, did you have anything on a on a list before you came on? When I wrote my list, I was going to go later in the career. We're going to do it again, mate. We can do the second half of the career. <laughs> oh, no, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, from that list, I mean, Life Becoming a Landslide and Oda Alone, all of the Holy Bible, I guess, wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been I far think off. What's come out of this, what's come out of this is that the Holy Bible is an absolute piece of work. And, like, even non-fan like you sam recognizes like it's it's a, i think it's a really important record and for me although they never get the credit like the for me the manics are the british band that defined the 90s they were yeah vital i think is the word the big thing is if you've not listened to the holy bible and you're going to go and listen to it listen to it but read the lyrics as well because yeah that's a very good point the genius is in the lyrics as much as the song excellent well thank you very much for joining us to talk about the manics tonight jace has been wicked like i said how long you been married sam uh three years nearly four good good knowledge started seeing you for nearly four years so it's nice to see you nice to catch up cool take care mate Brilliant. Thank you very yeah, much, fellas. You nice Bye. to see you, Jace. Take it steady. I'm going to kick you out. Bye.